0: Hello and welcome to the Full Time Whistle podcast for episode 7. This week I spoke to former Hearts winger Andy Driver. Andy spoke about his time with the Jambos coming through the youth ranks there after moving to Scotland from Oldham as a kid. He shares stories from his time at Hearts including rumours of a big money move down south, mad Vlad Romanov and of course the 2012 Scottish Cup final as the Jambos beat Hibbs 5-1. Andy also chats moving to America to play in the MLS with Houston Dynamo a brief spell at Aberdeen, and moving to Holland to play for de Graafschap in the Eredivisie against the likes of Ajax and PSV. Finally, Andy speaks about retirement, its current job out in Houston, and life over in America with his family. I hope you enjoy it, and here it is. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to come on the podcast. Um, how are things? How are you keeping?
1: Good, mate. Good. i uh, try to keep myself to myself um, out in Houston, so... Uh, we, we're starting to open up a bit now so I'm going to go out and get something to eat this afternoon I think so how are you doing?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm good, I'm good um, obviously time difference and things it's it just, <laughs> three, 3 o'clock where you are I'm obviously winding down for the night <laughs> yeah. um, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to sort of current life at the end a wee bit um, but sort of what you mentioned there it's sort of winding down a wee bit what's the script just now? obviously you mentioned mm. there you you're living in Houston and things. What's it like over there at the moment? Ah, it's good.
1: Um, Houston's like, uh, it's a real spread out city. So we've not been hit that hard. So um, it's quite easy. Um, so I think we only got like 20,000 people who had it in the city of like 6 million. So um, some people are affected, but it hasn't been as bad. So pretty lucky to be honest.
0: That's good, that's good. Um, so, well, again, as I say, we'll get into it a wee bit more, but just sort of what are you doing at the moment in terms of, you know, in terms of work um, after hanging up the boots? Well, it,
1: it hit in real life. <laughs> um, lucky I had a friend out here who I met. Um, he actually married one of my wife's best friends. Uh, he's an English guy and he works for an English company. So um, I'm actually doing recruitment in oil and gas obviously Houston is world-renowned for oil and gas so it's actually um I actually really enjoy it it's different every day on the phones all the time um it's actually I actually work on contracts workers as well so it's not too dissimilar to football whereas I'm trying to get guys two-year gigs and six-month gigs and things so it's something in like that I can relate to a little bit so yeah I actually really enjoy it and um Makes I think I think retiring from football, I moved all the way out to Houston. Uh, I think having that degree of separation from football at home has made the made the transition a lot easier.
0: So, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to sh- sort of start with your your early football memories. Um, yeah. So, so what what is the what's the first thing you remember growing up with football? Either you know watching or playing.
1: The first memory of football is uh, I think it was World Cup '94. I must have been seven. I can remember watching that in the house with my dad. I can always remember, I think it was Brazil and Italy, got the penalty shootout, right? Yeah. Um, I can remember that. That's probably my first memories of football, watching my f- first memories that and also going to Wembley to watch Oldham Athletic against Man United. All right. I, was a big, I was a big Oldham fan and my dad was an Oldham fan growing up. so. Um, we went down there. That's probably my first memory, which is quite funny because the guy who scored that day was Neil Poynton, who obviously went to Hearts and had a good career at Hearts. So he was probably one of my heroes growing up. And then I followed him a little bit up to, to Scotland <laughs> to play for Hearts.
0: So you mentioned there a wee bit um, you grew up in Oldham, obviously, but I think you moved up to Scotland pretty young, if I'm not mistaken, there.
1: My dad uh, basically got work up here in Oldham. Um like there wasn't as much as a future in Oldham. It was the, the town's kind of um struggling a little bit. So it was a, a, an option between North Berwick and Oldham. It was an easy decision to make. Um I think my school was North Berwick High School is like one probably one of the best schools you can go to in Scotland. It was like it was something we couldn't give up and um never I don't think anyone in the family regretted it.
0: So um, you started playing football when you came up to Scotland. Um, Hutchie Vale, I believe. Obviously yeah. well, well renowned for uh, producing pro- professional footballers. Was that sort of good schooling for you as a kid?
1: Yeah, I think it's quite funny because when I first came up and I first played for Hutchie Vale, the standard was probably way better than I was used to down south. Um, like We had a competitive league. We had, um, it's quite funny. We My team was... Um, we had a couple of pros in there and then you went to, you had like Salvi, who had like Lee Wallace and Callum Elliott and then you had the Dinah Hibbs who had some good guys and then you had Tiny Hearts who had some good guys. So, uh, it was pretty competitive. It was a hard, uh, Edinburgh football at then. I don't know what this, the standard is now. I know Hutchie is still doing pretty well. Obviously I still know the guys who run there. I don't know what the standards are like, but back then it was real good to play. playing. Yeah,
0: there's a, there's a lot of good people coming through. Um, back then you say you um, obviously you go straight from Hertie then into Hearts is that right? Yeah
1: and then at Hearts oh, we had a we had a good youth team at Hearts as well um, pretty much the same guys I just named there um, I think we, we won the we won the Milk Cup um, we won a couple of Foil Cup I think we won the Foil Cup as well um, so we won a lot of tournaments and I think we went down to Watford as well and beat the likes of Arsenal so we had a really, really good youth team that we came through. And um I think you probably put four or five. I think it's probably five, five, six, seven, eight that are even still playing now, but potentially.
0: So so who's that? Sorry, so you mentioned Lee Wallace there.
1: Yeah Lee Wallace, Callum Elliott, um Jason Thompson who's at our now. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably too too many to mention. Uh can't even Kind you you put me on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> but we did, we did. I think maybe not five, six, seven. That's still playing. There's probably five, six, seven that played for a, for a, a good while in the pros.
0: Hart, no, Heart, Hearts has always had a good a good youth system. Um, you you obviously went on to play for the first team. Uh, Two thousand and six, I think, is where you sort of came to came to fruition. There was a I think a pre-season tour. Um, you got got for. Impression in that is that right? God, 2006. You're taking me back a bit now. Yeah, it was quite funny.
1: We went to Canada with the first team, it was quite funny. I made I made the first game. We played. Uh, went to some island to play a game. Victoria Island or something near Vancouver, um, and uh, <laughs> I came on. I think I ran on the pitch, set up a goal and got really nervous and excited at the same time and was sick on the pitch. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think my official debut, and even though it was a reserve game, lasted about eight minutes or something. And uh, obviously, 16-year-old, it's, it, it was embarrassing with all the other guys laughing at you the whole time.
0: Jeez. But uh, good memories. So um, you made your debut for Hearts that season, the two thousand and six-seven season. Um, a 4 1 win against Inverness, I think, and you scored in that. Do you, do you, yeah. remember, do you remember the game?
1: Yeah, like it was yesterday. Um, I have got. I always got, always say I've got to thank big Ross Tokley for making my career. Was, <laughs> he, um, he, for some reason, headed the ball up in the air, like after five minutes of being on, and it just fell perfectly to me. I don't know why he didn't head it out of the pitch or head it anyway, he just literally headed it perfect for a volley for me. So. Yeah, It was, gave you the confidence to go on from there. But no, um, yeah, I can still remember. I can still remember the day. It was Wad, uh, Inverness at home. I, I think Bruno Iguarraga scored a couple of goals. Um, and I don't know, was it Jamie Moore scored the other one? I think that might be it.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's still, it still feels like yesterday. doesn't feel like I'm so old when I think about it. So um, you had a, a couple brilliant seasons uh, with Hearts. Um your first sort of two, or three years with the club, uh, establish yourself as a first team regular. Um I think around two thousand and eight is when, you know, there were sort of bids, I think, from English clubs. What, yeah. what, what are you sort of thinking at that time, you know? Is, it, is there sort of pressure on you as this young kid coming through? To be
1: honest, um obviously it went well and I got into the England on the twenty one team and we went to the European championships and and that's probably was probably the fittest I was and the best I played. Um, not no bids had actually came in at that point. There was obviously a little rumours here there. Yeah. But when when the bids actually did come in, I was actually injured. Um, like I remember Burnley had a bid I accepted and I was supposed to go down the next day. But I just remember going to sleep that night thinking my knees <laughs> my knees not good. <laughs> I think I might struggle if I went down there. So I never actually. Got carried away with any of it because I knew it probably wasn't going to be right anyway. Um, that's easy to say that now. Um, but to be honest, I always enjoyed life at heart, especially the earlier years. Um, I wasn't too fussed to get away early. Um, I was happy where I was. Um, and obviously, the bits and everything were nice, but. And I'll put it this way, I never lost sleep about anything like that. I, I, the way of my whole career turned out, I'm, I'm happy with.
0: You mentioned there as well, you're obviously getting game time at heart. So that's, I mean, going down south again is a bit of a, you know, you're not guaranteed games. Um.
1: Yeah, I never thought about that. That It's not like the guaranteed games. You you were actually talking about a lot more money if you went down south. So potential to make a lot of money, which which could have, um, played on your mind but I never really never really worried about it I never lost sleep I never really got pissed off the the one of all the time I was at Haas there was one time where I um, I got annoyed and had uh, any kind of fallout with the club and that was when I wasn't playing there and it was a couple of years later after my injuries so that was probably the only time I ever had any disagreement with the place I was I was really happy there
0: you mentioned there a wee bit about the the under twenty one Euro European Championships with England. I think at that time there was a wee bit of sort of battle between Scotland and England because obviously you'd you'd moved to Scotland when you were eleven. I think sort of eligible. Yeah. I think you might be eligible. Um, played Scotland school boys, I think as well. Um, so sort of how did that come about, Stuart Pearce calling you up? I mean you, I mean you must have been buzzing with that. Yeah, it was kind of
1: weird. I like I definitely didn't expect it. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I think there was a game against Rangers where they came up and watched, and I think it, at Ibrox, and I played pretty well. That was the only time I ever really knew that they were watching. But if you've seen the names of the guys that were in the England squad, um, I didn't expect it. And the first thing you got was like a preliminary, and it was like 30 names, and I knew there was only 22. So I kind of got it, and I was just like, ah, I'm going on my holidays anyway, I, my, my holidays booked. I was like, it's never gonna come through. And then it got down to like twenty six and you're like, ah I doubt it. And then it's and I was actually injured at the time as well. And then um when I did get in the squad, it was a worry because I had a I, I think I had like a bit of a back problem. <laughs> so it was like, Oh shit, I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to get fit now to get back in. So no, it was it, like playing in Scotland you you never actually think that you're gonna get into a, a squad like that. And I remember it was quite funny going down there. I can't imagine what these guys were thinking. You know, these guys were all playing in the Premier League and all knew each other. And I turned up the phone like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what,
0: sort of, what sort of players are we talking here then?
1: Uh, well, you had like, the, the Mark Nobles, Joe Hart, um, Nader Monour, who Funny enough, I actually went to the same school as him growing up in in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Theo Walcott, James Milner. Wow. Um there's more I can't I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> there's there's a there's a few. James Tonkin's still playing, Fraser Campbell, um pretty much. And uh, Danny Rolls as well.
0: Good team. Uh, you got you got to the final, didn't you?
1: Yeah, and got pumped for one off Germany. Oh. Typical. At
0: least <laughs> was, there wasn't on penalties.
1: Oh yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um I mentioned there a wee bit about the, the bids and stuff coming in again. But was it true you were linked with Chelsea? Is that is that right?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently so. Um but I don't know how much of that was uh was Big Vlad talking about his mates and things like that. So I don't know how much of that was true. Um I'd be the last
0: to find out anyway so uh, what's the, what's the sort of pressure like for you at this time as well? because um I get you were talking a wee bit about injuries there you know you're obviously still young about twenty two twenty three at this time and you, you you know you've just been in the form of your life the the last couple of seasons, obviously getting into the squad and things well what are you thinking you know with sort of injury frustrations?
1: see um <laughs> it's quite funny because. Yeah, it's a good question and I know like the answer you'd expect would be say you feel the pressure but for me personally I never really felt any pressure when I grew up I never like I felt the pressure on playing the game's hearts is like a high pressure environment but I never really made plans I never said to myself I want to be XYZ by the age of this this has to happen like I just you just took it every week as it came and just, played and enjoyed yourself. And I, I never had obviously I wanted to go and achieve these things, but I was I was happy where I was all the time. And I was happy when I moved on. I, I feel like potentially the moves I made weren't the greatest career moves, but there were amazing life experiences and things like that for me.
0: I had I had Greg Tansey on. I'm not sure if you know Greg Tansey, um former yeah. player. Um he his injury was cut a wee bit short by by injury unfortunately. He spoke a lot about the the sort of mental health side of it, um, a bit of depression and things. Did did you ever e- experience anything like that through, you know?
1: No, see, I, I can I can understand how guys go through that, and obviously there was some really really disappointing times and a couple of times where you're devastated. But I feel like I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I was there with my friends and family. Um, I ended up just enjoying myself, even if I was injured. I was, I was hanging. I think there was one year I was injured for like six months, but my best mate was. Down from uni, so me and him were just <laughs> hanging out all the time. I don't, know, I don't know. It sounds terrible now, looking back, and it's probably why you didn't get the big move. But like, I, I wouldn't change it because I, I just enjoyed myself all the time. And the, the injuries were difficult. I think that the, the hardest time was the rehab because it's just boring. But at the end of the day, you're still playing football and you're still looking after yourself for a living. So the one thing I would do is. If I knew how to look after my body when I turned 30, if I did those 21, I don't think I would have had those injuries. It's, it's unfortunate for footballers that they, like in, say for a normal career, for example, when you get to 30, you start to get into your prime. You've learned, you've made your mistakes, you've learned from everything. Whereas at football, 26, if you don't know how to look after your body by that time, it's too late. And I think that was one of the cases. If I knew that things like yoga, and um, stretching and eating right if I had done them when I was 21 instead of 30 things could have been a lot different
0: it's, it's a good way to look at it though you know some some guys some guys could have struggled to do that and you're you know you're just re- remaining positive sort of looking at it like you know I'm, I'm sort of lucky in a way that you, you know that, that I'm playing football
1: yeah I I think it's, it's a lot to do with mentalities though some and i can I can definitely understand the guys that do feel like that because it can be depressing and it's the the most difficult thing um, was the game for me was the weekend of the game because I'm like a fairly competitive person and I hate to say this and you're working in a team, but you kind of didn't want the team to do well because you wanted to be in it and you wanted to be playing and you, it's jealousy really, which is not a good thing, is it but I think that's uh, that's the one thing I really didn't like. But I'm I'm quite good at switching off problems like that and just don't put it put it
0: to the side and don't worry about it. So uh, the 2010-11 season was uh, under Jim Jeffries. Hearts finished third that season. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was it like working <laughs> under him?
1: Ah, <laughs> Jim. Um, the jet was good, um, and we had a we had a good team. At that time, um, he was just um, very—he's just a hard man, isn't he? And he's ex- exactly as you'd expect. He's very tough. I know I'm expected the guys to have the same um, work rate and things. Um, but I, I liked it. I liked. I like Billy Brown. I liked Gary Locke. They were really sound people. And and um, I actually almost had an argument with Jim Jeffries at one point because I. I Played through a bit of a hernia injury and injured myself even more. Um, But I still couldn't say I didn't enjoy playing for him. And um, like, obviously, I still like Gary a lot. I still speak to Gary at times right now. So, yeah, they they were good. Probably the best bit about that was it was a proper Hearts team. And like, you knew, like, the Jet can be real harsh, um, but you know that. It's coming from the right place. He's just got the standards and he, he cares for the team, if you know what I mean.
0: So, um, you're probably a bit disappointed when he left then? So,
1: yeah, obviously we were because he was one of the good ones. Because obviously we'd had, what, 10 managers in the time. Yeah. So, at the time when you got a good one, it's like, yeah, I want to, like, let's keep it the same for a while. And I think that year we did pretty well. We had uh, a pretty good team, and obviously it was a team the next year that went on and won the Cup. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shock at the time when it happened.
0: Paolo Sergio came in, and uh, I, I don't think he really took to you straight away, if, if that's fair to say. I'm sure yeah. that a loan move was considered. Um, sort of found yourself out the team a wee bit as well. Is that, is that sort of hard to take?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, especially when you've been at a club for as long as I had
0: been at Hearts,
1: I felt like he maybe disrespected me a little bit over again. But he was just setting. his like looking back on things. It's easy to say now. It's difficult to begin with, isn't it? Um, When when it's the time and you're not playing, you just you're pissed off. Um, Looking back, he's probably trying to set set his team and raise the standards. And um, obviously, he wanted to get more out of me. And his way of doing that was getting me annoyed. And maybe. I think if you look at the way I played in the cup final, it might have worked. Because towards the end of that season, I started playing well again. So um, maybe he just wanted to light the fire under the team a little bit. And obviously, me personally as well.
0: Before we get on to the cup final, just um, you played in Europa League that year, I believe. Um, obviously, the season after you, you came up against Liverpool. But I think it was Tottenham that year and uh, Paxi, I think, as well. What, what was that like playing in Europa League?
1: Was that the year we played PAXI that year? Uh, could have been, could have been. I think PAXI might have been the year before. I oh, was. It? I think that, I think that year we just played Tottenham and got popped out. Um, yeah, there was
0: there was no nil and then there's I think five 0 So yeah, five 0 at
1: home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a funny game because um, I think Tottenham went like five 0 up after half an hour and I don't think they scored a goal past the one yard line. <laughs> They just literally passed us to death and then tap got a tap it. And that, that was a team that had in it, Ryan, they had Cranchar in it drive they had before they had Gareth Bale and things like that. That was a they were a top team. But the, the funny thing is, and the same thing happened the year later, if if you play well, you can match these teams. We went we went to um Tottenham and what well, we think we got a nil-nil draw. So it shows you that. Fair enough, they outclassed us in the first game, but if we perform and played as a team, you could, you could, you could match those teams at times.
0: You match Liverpool as well at Anfield. That must have been brilliant. Yeah. I think if, won anything,
1: if anything, we should have won that game. Yeah. Um, like we were, we we took them all away. It obviously, took Suarez to score a, a Worldie towards the end to, to get back. Um, I think it's quite funny the Tottenham game. I'm not sure, but. That was, I think that was Harry Kane's first game and Jamma max saved the penalty off him, did he not? I think that was Harry Kane's birthday. Well, not birthday, debut. And Jamie McDonald r- ruined his career, I think.
0: <laughs> He's <laughs> gone on to be all right since, hasn't he?
1: Never heard of him since.
0: <laughs> What's it like? You mentioned guys like Harry Kane there, Bale, Suarez. What's it like sort of coming up against these guys? It's good. Like, it's obviously what you want. But...
1: It's, it, <laughs> The the thing I learned, and I think Roy Keane said it in a book once, he used to hate going playing against smaller teams because when they raise their game, they're they're just as good as the top teams. The top teams are the top teams because they're more consistent and they're uh, probably maybe more athletic. So I feel like on your day against these, the same as when I went and played at England, I thought that I was going to be the worst player on the team. But as soon as you got there and you start playing with them, one, it raises your game. And two, you start realising, wait a minute, there's not that big a difference between our, like, the Scottish level and that level. Obviously, the, these guys are really, really talented. You're putting them all together on the same team and they've got that little X factor where potentially they could be really calm in small spaces. They might be a little bit that extra. Like Gareth Bale, for example, could run past anyone in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. So they just have that extra bit of quality. And the most important thing is they more consistent
0: so um, mentioned a wee bit about Paolo Sergio and sort of not maybe maybe not getting on a wee bit, but I'm I'm sure you'd have been delighted that you you ended up not getting loaned out. And obviously we, we come on to the 19th of May 2012 that that Scottish Cup final. Um, but before we get on to the actual game, you you'd beaten Celtic in the semi final. But what what are you thinking at that point? Obviously it's a a massive victory getting into the final. But did you did you think you could go on and win it? Um, what the, the game against? Do you think we could have won the game against Celtic? Is that what you said? Yeah, well, the, the Celtic game, yeah. But after that, did you think you could have gone on and you know, when you're into the final? Do you think you can go on and win it?
1: Yeah, but when you're playing against Hibs it's it's nerve wracking no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we've said it numerous times that all the pressure was on us us going into that game because obviously I think we'd beat Hibs a, a load of games in the in a row before that. They weren't they weren't very good, but a derby's a derby, you never know, do you? So yeah, it was it was it was nerve wracking. I think the, the the relief of beating the Celtic game is kinda of like we can't let this we've, we've gotta win it now because that Celtic game was an um, unbelievable experience. And then yeah. obviously going on to the final is the rest is history.
0: It was a Craig beat your penalty, wasn't it? it? Must have been, yeah, it, must have been it, it must have been great.
1: Uh, yeah last minute because they'd equalised with like two minutes to go so you're thinking oh that's it it's gone and then he did the big celebration around the pitch oh. uh, in front of the Hearts fans as well like you couldn't you couldn't have wrote the script because I think um, we talked about Jammer Mac made a worldy save in that game as well when we were winning 1-0 so it was like it was
0: <laughs> it was like, unbelievable if you look at the whole cup run I don't know how we won the cup I had um, I had Danny Granger on a few weeks ago. Obviously, your ex teammate. Um, oh, the the, the ex teammate did his head fit in the the, the screen? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, he he was sort of chatting about the the great memories from the day. Um, well, start starting on the, the pre match. What were you sort of feeling going into the game? Obviously, you mentioned it's against Hibs. Does that make you a bit more nervous? And sort of, when did you know that you were starting as well?
1: Um, I think it was the night before we knew that we were starting but we, you kind of had an idea as the week went on and I think that the team at that point had started and I've, obviously it's well publicised that David Templeton never made it and which he had a good season as well and it was a surprise but you kind of saw the way it was going I think in the semi-finals against Celtic we played a similar tactic and we. Were, I think that's the way the manager started to go that way because we were all very organised and we had, had like um, the team was starting to play quite well together um but obviously when when you got the team, it was just just an wracking i think especially because with'm affiliated with hearts for ten years you 'd never lived down not winning that game
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that would have been losing that game i don 't think we you could even consider really
0: what what do you remember about the game then obviously five one against your rivals you, you Pretty much I had a blinder as well. So, what, what was that like for you? It was one of those games where,
1: so I, I, in my career, I always, and I don't know why, I always ended up doing quite well in the big games. I feel like, I feel like in Scotland it's quite difficult because you play these games year in, year out. You're playing four games, and I always found it quite difficult. I remember at one point in my career going out, um, playing against, I think it might have been celtic and i wasn't even nervous anymore and i was thinking to myself that like that's not a good thing to have like you if you're not nervous you're not really up for the game Mm -hmm. so it was good to play in that final where you had those nerves and i think when you play on that that little bit of an edge it feels like you've got loads of time on the ball and i remember remember that the thing the funny thing that i remember the most which is weird is i knew i was about to get subbed and I just kept running after to try and get a few more touches on the ball, but for some reason, that is in my head. And like you're playing the last fifteen minutes of the game, just talking to each other as if it was like you're playing with your mates down the park, like just having a laugh one on one when the ball went up, out of play and stuff. Like the concentration, we only was five one. We just everyone knew the game was over, and you were already just talking about celebrating afterwards. And
0: things. Just on the celebrations as well, Danny Granger had some. Some some good stories on that. Um, how how did you How did you celebrate afterwards? <laughs> um, as as you probably expect, uh,
1: I think I think if you look at our leap form the year after, we, I, don't, I think we were in the bottom half halfway through the year. I think it's because we were still celebrating. <laughs> I remember waking up on the Monday morning in London with my mate, just like how the hell did we get down here? We had the no, maybe it was like the Wednesday. But it was just a straight up, just good time. You know, when you've just got a good feeling, you're with your friends and you're with all your mates, and you just everyone's always up for it. It was, it was a time like that. It was great memories.
0: That's what it's. That's what it's all about, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. You can talk about going and playing in England, blah blah blah. But if I had done that in 2010 or whatever, would I've would I have played in that game? And I don't know, and you go and play in England and maybe you play for in the Premier League, maybe or for for a bottom six team, or you go play in the championship, but do you get to do it have a day like that? Um, it'd be difficult to swap that day for anything, to be honest.
0: So the, the following season was your final year at Hearts. Um, your and your contract was running out, you had a year left. Um started off well. Obviously we, we spoke about the the Liverpool and Europa League. Um, that season you featured regularly as well. Uh, one of the key players played played a, a big part before moving to Houston Dynamo. How many,
1: how many games did I play that year? I can't even remember.
0: I think it was thirty. 30, really? 30 till the January, I think, in all competitions, which is obviously a lot. For a season that's oh. been a lot.
1: Yeah. See the thing is we were still going through the difficulties um of the not getting paid and things at that time. Yeah. And and so and I know they were trying to get a lot of the younger guys in, obviously for money, not even for money, but because they knew that was the direction they were going to have to go in. So when you say I played that many games, I don't remember playing that many many games because it was frustrating mm-hmm. because you just knew the writing was on the wall. Um, so that even though the Liverpool was amazing, and we still we still riding the high and the cup, I think for most of the year. Well, I don't think I had the best memories of that year, um, and I think it was definitely time. It was a good time for me to make a move, um, and yeah. And the the good thing is, when you get to that stage and you've won the cup, you go on you go away on happy terms, and I'll always have good memories. I think if we never won that cup, it would have always been what what could have been, you know.
0: You mentioned earlier a wee bit about uh, Romanov. What what was? Did you have any dealings with him? You know. Seemed a, an oh. absolutely mad character. Ah, oh, there's some funny ones. Um, I think there was
1: one point I went to Lithuania, all the way out there, and um, it was the time when I potentially could have gone to, to England, and uh, I was only probably what 21, 20, in Lithuania in this tower, and we sat upstairs, and it's me, Vlad, and the interpreter, and. My dad, my dad, my dad, or my agent, because I was obviously Burnley wanted me. They, um, they, they thought I may have been able to get like fifteen grand a week, and Vlad wanted to talk about offering a new contract. So my agent or my dad sent an email saying, "Yeah, we'll take fifteen grand a week." And I remember Vlad front the computer in front of me pointing at it, and I thought he was going to throw me out the window. (laughs) It was funny. It was like. It was just crazy at that time. Just like getting a... Fl- Remember we went on that the ship. We went on a big cruise for pre-season once. We were getting a speedboat into training in the, the French Riviera. <laughs> I'm like an 18-year-old
0: lad. Like, is this what football is all about all the time? Is there not, is there not a kind of... A, there's a basketball story or something like that. Oh, yeah, where he said he was a world
1: champion. I think that was... Yeah. No.
0: But to be honest, man,
1: like... He gets such a hard he gets such a hard rap and he didn't pay us that time, but he did bring a lot of good to heart, I think. Yeah. Um, I probably get caned off people for saying this, but we did win two cups at the time. And he may have so yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be for me to be so negative to him. There was there was difficult times and it was crazy. Um but we did get a lot of good times as well when when he was there.
0: Mm-hmm. So how would you how would you sort of reflect back on obviously before we go on to the MLS how would you reflect back on your time at Hearts ten years there obviously sort sort of a club legend there now how how do you look back on I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't go that far no but, but I enjoyed it like I was at home I was with my mates
1: um, I obviously came through a lot of the guys would come through the youth system together so there was there was a lot of us then you had people like uh, Danny Granger himself and a lot of the guys we had such a good team and I think over the years I made uh, so many good friends and things like that and just I think when I finished my career um, the one thing that I would have wanted to do again would have gone out at Tynecastle Castle um, in an Edinburgh derby or or, or even at Easter Road because um, at, my, my, at the last club de Grashat we had great fans and we had the best atmosphere but there's just something different about the Edinburgh Derby. I think that was the one thing that if I could go back and play football, which I, to be, between you and me, I haven't actually missed playing football at all since I quit. That was the one thing I'd want to go back and do. I'll go, go out uh, at Celtic Park or an old firm game for Hearts. I think those atmospheres were brilliant.
0: So you you mentioned there a wee bit about the players you played with as well. Guys like Scatchel, people like that. Is, is he one that stands out? Anybody that? You know, the, the
1: favourite player played Rudy, Rudy stands out, and I loved him, but he was just so frustrated because, like, it's frustrating in the aspect that he just wouldn't do much in a game and then bang, <laughs> bang, two goals in. You're like, this guy's unbelievable. How's he even getting away with it? Well, no, but you see, see, that's the thing we say. We had good guys. Someone like him, who by every right could have been arrogant and been... Um, been a, a dick basically. Was a great lad, a real good good guy. And there's, I don't think I could name. I don't even think I put on my on my hand, the amount of people that were arseholes that the whole time I was there. There isn't. There was hardly any. Um, there was a few bad eggs, but they weren't bad people.
0: So um, now moving on to to Houston Dynamo. How, how does a move like that kind of come about? Obviously, it was initially on loan, and then you made it permanent. So, yeah, it seemed you know it seems a wee bit of a a random move. How does a guy you know playing for Hearts end up in the MLS type thing? It
1: was quite funny, especially at that time because no one had made that move. Mm. Um, is quite the funny thing is, um, Frankie, the guy who cleaned the cars at Hearts. This is how weird football can be. Frankie, who cleaned the cars at Hearts, had a mate who was living in America, whose friend was head of the academy at Houston. So I spoke to him in January and he said, would you fancy it? And I was like, well, of course, if, it, if you think it's an opportunity. So a couple of months later, I got the phone call saying it's an opportunity to go on loan. And obviously everything that was happening with Hearts. I was like, well, yeah, I'm up for that. And the reason that it did work out was the manager of the Dynamo, Don Kinnear, was a Celtic fan and had been to Celtic Park a couple of times and watched Hearts play there. So he he remembered me from that. So it's like, it shows you how much of a small world you think. You think football's all agents and um, this and that. It was just a case of a mate who knew a mate who knew a mate who thought it was a possibility. It's just pretty funny.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, w- what's it like going abroad then? Obviously. What, 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 how old are you at this time 20 25
1: I think I was about 25 yeah yeah um, so it was, it was brilliant and I'll tell you a couple of reasons why it we was so good coming to the MLS one was when you're at Hearts the the, the fans are on top of you as you say I, was, I don't didn't really feel the pressure because I was with my mates but there is a lot of attention and a lot of pressure on you. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at Scottish football you have the same amount of papers covering it as you do down in England and what, there's 12 teams in the top league. So there is quite a lot of attention, whereas you came to the MLS, and in the two years I was here, I think I got recognised once in the whole time, and it was by like a nine-year-old girl in a restaurant once. So you went from having all that pressure to just coming out here, playing football and living a different life, and obviously I met my wife out here and things like that, so it was like I had a great time. As I said before it probably wasn't the best thing for my career because I came out here and enjoyed myself probably too much, but I wouldn't change it.
0: So, what what was it like actually moving to America? Sort of, how long did it take you to to settle in and things?
1: The biggest thing coming to here is the heat. Like I think it's thirty five degrees here today, and we had to play in that. Um, I remember playing the first game and just nearly dying after 10 minutes and the coach and all the players on the bench are like creasing themselves laughing because I did a sprint. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? you will kill yourself. But moving out here was fine. Just packed a bag, jumped in, put your boots in it, got out here. Simple. Um, and I yeah, just had a great time. I was 25, single at the time, just went and enjoyed myself. So obviously... You- and in and, and the MLS at the time you had... Well, you're playing against players like Thierry Henry and things like that. So and then you're getting to travel to New York and LA and all these places and we stayed over in these places so you could go and see the towns a little bit and things like that. So it was what an what a opportunity it was.
0: You you moved from the top flight obviously in Scotland to the MLS. I'm interested kind of what what's the difference in quality? You mentioned top you have got top players like, you know, you're on knees, guys like that. Well, what is the difference in quality? from, you know, the the premiership in Scotland?
1: Um, I think the biggest difference, so the MLS when I was in it was starting to get get good. I think now, five years later, it's like a really, really high standard. Mm -hmm. I think at that point you had the Thierry Henrys, but then you had an underlying of um, the rest of the guys. The biggest difference was the athleticism out here. Like everyone's fit, everyone's quick. Uh, but the quality not wasn't much difference the quality of play is probably the same, but it was way more athletic, which made it more difficult for me obviously in Scotland, I was one of the fastest when I came up here I was, I was playing against a guy who ran I think ten seconds on the hundred meters so <laughs> it's not not easy is it um, so yeah that' they're the, they're the major
0: differences you mentioned that you mentioned the fans and things um in Scotland. What, what, what are the fans like in the MLS? You know, sort of the atmosphere. I imagine it's fairly different to here. Probably, you know, a much more friendly atmosphere. You mentioned the guys yeah, on top.
1: Much more friendly. It's actually, it's a shame we were with Houston because their crowd's actually fallen down. Um, when I was there, they had a brand new stadium just built and we were getting, it's probably a 24,000 seater and I think we were probably getting 19 at the time. And it was a very, like, Mexican atmosphere and stuff. But the, it's just too hot in there. People have just stopped going now. Um, but yeah, you went away. It was a much more um, you didn't you weren't getting the abuse you were getting in Scotland or anything like that. You'd go away. Um, I tell you though, you talk about the standards in America as well, and I think uh, Gerard and Lampard said this when they played. The travelling kills you.
0: Yeah, like,
1: I couldn't handle the, the travelling going away well, I think one week we played LA away and then flew to DC and played them away on the Wednesday night and your legs by the time you got there your legs are done from the 5 hour flight well, I think it was an 8 hour flight or something
0: yeah I was, uh, that, I was about to say because obviously in Scotland obviously m- miles you know further to travel and you, you, yeah. your main away days really you, you know you're looking at a Ross County or an Inverness the map you travel MLS seems all over the show
1: well you play you play on a Saturday night you finish the game at what 10 o'clock get back to your hotel at 11 then you're flying back out at 5 in the morning so you've not had any rest in the game you get home and then you train the next day but your body's just absolutely done because on a flight you swell up so it's so hard to get your body back to, to zero to start again and then you couple in the fact that we're playing in 100 degree heat every day 35 degree heat every day you're just shattered (laughs)
0: <laughs> must, so be you, tough, must be tough to adjust to then no
1: it was like i, I got here in march which is like it's like our summer yeah. but every day you're looking you look in, you'd get a couple of cold days but it'd still be like 24 and I, I was struggling and all the boys were like you wait until july and i was like i can't be that bad but like literally what it's like now you just go outside for five minutes and you want to get back in you just go from air conditioning to air conditioning because it's too hot
0: she would be loving it. It's, current, it's currently raining here where I am, so uh <laughs> rub, yeah, rub sorry it. about that. <laughs> uh, you you obviously your, your first season with Houston Dynamo, um before you before you signed another one, um you're linked with a move back to hearts, I think, and then you had a try with Yeovil. is that right?
1: We haven't done the Yeovil. I turned up about ten pounds overweight and they laughed <laughs> me out of the place. Um uh, that was like when the so because I had it so easy, I went from Hearts and then to um, Houston. You like, so when your season ended, you are always used to getting like going on holiday and enjoying yourself. But with the Dynamo finishing the season in like November, you'd go and enjoy yourself for a month. But then you're trying to go and trial at a club, and it's just like it's you're impossible. You can't. It's impossible to walk into a team without being to get in. You'd have to go straight from the season end when you're still match fit. Because obviously clubs in January want someone to be ready to go to yeah. sign them, but if you need three weeks to do up, if you need three weeks, you're already in February. The season ends in end of March, April. So it, it, yeah, it was a it was a lesson in um, keeping fitness, and it's another one of those lessons I was saying as you go through your career, you start figuring those out. Unfortunately, it's too late after when you figure it out and you learn the lesson.
0: Sure. So, I think I think you spent another season with Houston Dynamo, um, but we we were not involved in some sort of weird draft pick. I think I read that somewhere. Is that is that true? Yeah. DC yeah I, got,
1: I got drafted to DC United, and and then they were they wanted to put me on the same contract I was on, but I was going from being tax free in Houston to DC where you have to pay tax and it costs you way more to live. It, like. I wouldn't have like it wouldn't have made sense. So we ended up not agreeing terms with them and just came back over to Europe.
0: What's the script with this um, draft? How does that all work? Obviously, people no people, idea. Maybe you just absolutely,
1: you absolutely no idea. I got a phone <laughs> call one day and he says we draft, we've, um, we've traded you for a goalkeeper. And obviously, when, as soon as he said, we traded you for a goalkeeper, I should have just retired
0: there and then. <laughs> I imagine getting traded.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it was funny. Um, yeah, getting traded. Yeah, and the thing is, you just don't have a choice. That's it. Once you traded, you're traded. If you don't want to go, you're done.
0: How, how, so. would, you, how would you reflect on your, your two years in the MLS? Obviously, you still live there now in America. Met, you said you met your wife there. How you how do you look back on it playing wise?
1: So? Ah, brilliant! Like what an experience. Um, the thing is, if I'd have stayed as fit as I was when I first came, um, I think I could have done a lot better. I think if you looked at my first two months, I scored three goals, got an assist, and was flying. And I think maybe the travelling took a toll. Not probably doing the right things all the time took a toll. Um, but I still wouldn't change it I met my wife got my son out of it living here now so it was a it was was brilliant to be fair I'd be interested to see what people like Sam Nicholson say about it Mm -hmm. Um, obviously he's out here now Uh, he's come from a similar background to me he's at Colorado
0: just briefly on your your Aberdeen spell you moved back to Scotland Um, I think it was a a short term deal with Aberdeen didn't didn't, didn't really work out there How, how did all that come about
1: I was, uh, it's funny when people ask me that. I always completely forget that I played there. Um, <laughs> I signed in like it was the same story as before. It's like you signed in March and you like the last game I played was like October, so you, like it's yeah. difficult to go. And what ha- like Aberdeen were a good team and they're a fit team and they're a strong team. And as soon as you don't play well in the, the games that you get the opportunity. But the the funny thing is, I played the one game and got an assist, and thought it went fairly well. But then, obviously, the manager didn't fancy me, and those things happen. Um, but it's the same case, probably not, well, not as fit as you could be, and you're up against it when you join a team halfway through the season.
0: Are you sort of surprised then? The, the you know you got the move that you did to the the Grafschaft? Is
1: that no, the Grafschaft? I paid for my own flight to get down there, went and trialed, and everything. So oh, really. It wasn't as if they came and signed us. It had such a chance, I, I think playing in America was great, and uh, I got I got so lucky on that because I joined that that team is like that club is like a top top club. They're, like a, I think it's a ten thousand seat stadium. They get nine thousand every week, but like proper nice fans, really really good fans. Like um, they do like the big tifos before the game and mm-hmm. like the atmosphere and stuff. They have like the casuals. And like playing in the Eredivisie with them was just un- unbelievable. Like that was that's probably the, the most I enjoyed playing football was those the first year when I was at the grasshop. because yeah, yeah, we were playing the fine odds axes, PSVs. I was playing well. I was scoring goals. Um, and every stadium in that league, you go to like teams like Croningen and things like that have twenty five thousand seater stadiums, and the atmosphere is amazing. So yeah, that was probably the time I enjoyed football the most.
0: What was, it, what was it like settling in there in terms of living and things from where you'd been previously? Um,
1: that was probably the reason we left in the end because it got quite difficult. Um, we'd had a baby at the time and we're, you're all alone in the country and like, the people were great, don't get me wrong, but just the language barrier became a little bit... It, you always got sick of it a little bit. Mm. Uh, you know, when you don't feel completely involved and you don't really... like. I have great friends from that, but just the not understanding the language constantly got became quite difficult say you go on a, a dinner with with all of them they all speak Dutch and you just feel like that one space removed so yeah. and I know my wife felt that after the kids, so that's the reason we ended up hanging the boots up to be honest.
0: So how, how would you sort of compare the standard there to, to you know the MLS in Scotland?
1: It's difficult because they played better football there but the the top teams there are, are, are top obviously Ajax. And when we played in the second division, we played the Ajax team that went on the year after. So and he played the reserve team, but yeah. that had like Frankie De Jong, um, David Neres, um, but we the thing, Delict, but But <laughs> it's quite funny. I think we I think we beat them like five two at home and beat them four one away. Um, so we had, we had a good team, but the standard like like the coaching was quality and the way the teams play this like they want to play football and the the way they set the teams up was probably an extra level the coaching was like another level up
0: yeah so um albeit you didn't you didn't play in the playoffs i think it was in your third season um but the the graph shop were then promoted back to the the area Was that a great feeling
1: ah it was a good day um it's probably the second highlight of my career in terms of Um, celebrations and wins it was like and their fans were so good it's funny we got to the playoffs and we were driving down the motorway we played like Telstar away or something and we played like in the the countryside and on the motorway they'd taken over the bridge and then set a big banner and then just put a fire behind it and it says it's showtime and like fans were driving down the motorway with flares hanging out the, the cars and stuff like that like the fans were crazy so it was um, like the celebrating with all those guys, and they were so good to me when I was down there. Like, that was, no, was a
0: good highlight. Was it was a sort of sad leaving then? You mentioned not, not sort of settling in a wee bit. Obviously, I mean, you're there for a while. Uh, if it, it, it
1: wasn't sad. Um, I think the, the time had come. I, was, I, was, I got injured in the January. Like, I, um, I tore a bit of my patella, and it's like an injury that doesn't 100% heal. Right. Um, like I could have played on with it but once you're getting through that and you, I started playing towards the end I wasn't playing as well and you just started getting frustrated and obviously with the language difference and things like that I, as everything that happened in my career probably happened at the right time leaving there probably was perfect timing as well
0: so What was the situation at this point were you, when you left? Are you looking for a new club or was this just the point where you were? Yeah we went
1: looking it's quite funny We went. I went and... Um, trialled with St Johnson a couple of days um, that fell through for reasons out with my control um, so I, I started getting annoyed then then I went down to Crawley and I flew down to Crawley we played Arsenal in a friendly and I actually played pretty well when Harry Kuehl was the manager I played really well and I, just, I remember thinking to myself if, if I don't get a contract here I may as well give up and they, they said yeah we want you um, we'll be in touch and then it was just silence so I was just thinking to myself we were sat down there with a a six-month-old baby screaming in the hotel yeah. you know what's the point let's just get on with the rest of our lives
0: so we just and, you decide to, to hang up the boots just like that
1: yeah just flew back to america um my wife um is, is the smart one she has a good career which she was putting on hold and we were never gonna i was never gonna earn as much money as what she could earn, earn here anyway Mm-hmm. So, basically, we are just going to be putting ourselves further and further behind the longer we left it. So, we, made, we definitely made the right decision.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you seem to be loving it, but um, do, do you have any regrets, you know, about retiring? Do you think maybe, no. you, maybe you could have kept going?
1: No. Nope. Playing my, tri- my trade now for the Houston Celtic. We're in the, the, the Sunday league here. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. enough for me. I, I enjoy playing with the guys and having the banter. And uh, keeping fit, but I don't. i have not once thought. Oh, I wish I were training today. I don't. To be honest, I didn't really like training. I used to, especially in Scotland when it's freezing cold. <laughs> That's, it's hard to motivate yourself. I hated it at
0: times. Uh-huh. So even if I, I mean, I, I don't know if it, if it would happen or anything. Even if I, maybe a club comes in, they maybe spot you in the park or whatever. I don't know where you play.
1: No, i no, would not interested. Play. No. no even if the Houston Dynamo came to me, I wouldn't be interested. Um, I enjoy the new, like the new job I've got It's like a challenge. And I'm enjoying it. Like it's something different and like it's as I said, when I was playing in Scotland, I got bored and I found it hard to motivate myself. Whereas right now, I've not been bored once because I'm trying to learn and trying to do something new, you know, and learn things. I feel like maybe that's what motivates me is trying to to become good at something. Maybe once you once you do it and you feel like you don't have anything to prove that's why it's difficult to motivate yourself.
0: So obviously you, you mentioned throughout back in America with the family seemed to be absolutely loving life um, and what, what, what are your plans for the future then?
1: Don't have any, never had any. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I think this whole quarantine thing's taught you that family's the most important thing Mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's actually shown me that I'm not really bothered about doing anything else or going out or anything um so yeah plans are just to keep enjoying it keep doing what I'm doing in my work try and make something of myself in that hopefully uh, make a little bit of money along the way and just be a good dad probably I think um I think it's quite funny, Lau, you, know, you I'm guessing Danny Granger probably said the same thing. He just he enjoys it and he just wants to become a good coach or yeah. a new challenge. I think it once you do the same thing for fifteen years, the, the opportunity of a new challenge actually becomes quite exciting and you want to do it, even regardless of what it is.
0: The wee man into football.
1: He's just into fighting right now. <laughs> little little ginger kid. That's all he does, he just wants to beat people up. Um, I think he's going to be in American football to be honest at this rate um, I hope not because I don't
0: like the concussions
1: but we'll see <laughs> he's a good lad
0: so uh, ju- just to wrap up I always like to finish sort of looking back on your career as a whole um, when you look back on your playing days now obviously the the full time whistle sort of gone on your career are you are you proud of your achievement you mentioned no regrets and anything um, how, how would you sort of like to be remembered as well um
1: I, I, I'm i definitely proud of my achievements. Um, how I'd like to be remembered. Obviously, the, the Cup final has given us a good thing how to be remembered at Hearts. But the most important thing to me was to remember it as like a good, a good person. I think I got on well with the fans at all the clubs I was at. I think at Hearts, I, the fans were great. I had a good relationship with them. I, I think the worst thing you can become as a footballer is... Uh, arrogant or egotistical. And I feel like in my career, I, I I hope, you don't know for sure, do you, but I hope I never came across as a a dick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just a normal person who got to, to um, enjoy doing a job, basically.
0: Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you very much again for, for giving up your time. No uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it.
1: No, I appreciate it. It's um, been funny to talk, talk about it. Um, I haven't done many since I retired. I kind of shut down for a couple of years because I didn't want to feel like you're inviting negative comments and things. So I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks very much for coming yes.
0: on again. Tom. man. No on. problem. All the best. Yes, keep in touch. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. A big thanks to Andy for coming on. A top man for giving up his time and giving a great insight into both a fascinating and unique career, both in Scotland and abroad. Some, some really interesting stuff. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share the podcast around with friends and family. Give it a review or give it a retweet and a comment on Twitter with your thoughts. As always, the Twitter is at the FT Pod. So be sure to give us a follow on there and subscribe on the platform you listened on too, so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks very much again for listening and take care. All the best.